0: hello everybody welcome to episode six is that right i'm right no six it's six must be six surely um last episode we discussed um the topic of any all things grunge uh this uh, episode we thought would go deep into nirvana so deep so deep that we don't know where we are (laughs) yeah (laughs) i feel like episode five um the reason we kind of chose to do that is because um Uh, Last episode, we discussed stuff, and Ben put put out a really good point about Nirvana being a gateway band to getting into kind of the genre and and that guitar-based music. Um, So I thought, actually, it's a a cracking idea. Let's go in. So what the idea is we're just going to talk about how we got into uh, Nirvana, our favorite songs, and the influence they had, and then we're going to talk about the albums Bleach. Ah, uh, never mind, incesticide in utero and unplugged in New York. I think we'll go through those. This yeah. may be two parts because if we go to get to um, never mind and it goes on for a bit long, we might split in two, I think. yeah Is that right, everyone? It sounds fabulous. Wonderful. On repeat, at on repeat, uh, what was it? <laughs> I was <trying> <laughs> <I> was se- <laughs> it was seamless up until that point. At on repeat.
1: We'll edit it, Post.
0: No, don't worry about that. No, we won't What's the Instagram? That right. At on repeat. It's natural, Ben. <laughs> at on repeat. <laughs> not fucking around editing shit. Uh out on Repeat UK. Out on Repeat UK. I don't know why I'm looking for you, you just said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking at you to say it. Uh yeah. So th- thank you very much for every, everyone who's checking us out. Um thank you for downloading the episodes and streaming the episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's been it's been wonderful. Um yep, tell everyone you know about us. I, I noticed that there was a listener in Russia. Do you know that? Was there really or two, oh, two awesome. listeners from Russia? So Fantastic. welcome Russia. Stay warm. Yep fuck putin right okay (laughs) sorry putin Putin. sorry putin (laughs) uh,
2: i think i'd apologize to him they're they're one of the only countries that have the ability to uh to will have the the means to um assassinate you justin well not only that
0: but actually hack
2: into oh christ systems oh great they're gonna delete this episode (laughs) (laughs) They've, they've, they've already heard it it's
0: already done so you're not hearing anything now um anyway yeah so um uh I think Jono, you are you good to go first, yeah he's wow. got notes, look at this Throw notes wow we I'm not
2: I'm actually not going to use these notes just yet, um because they're they for a bit later when we go into um when we need to have factual content,
0: okay, fine yeah good because go I mean, it.
2: what we're talking about now isn't really factual as such, it's relative it's to individual experiences, exactly emotional and personal Emotional and personal, <laughs> yes, so I think you know, yeah, I'll kick it off, why not? go for it, yeah, cool, so nirvana, 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 is that too loud. Nirvana, Nirvana. I was just playing the microphone with my headphones. So. Um, Yeah, no, Nirvana, no, great band, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the end of it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to regale a story about Australia. Yeah, that's what I tend to do. Um, So I I was a late bloomer. I think I said that last time. <laughs> <laughs> you were a late bloomer. Late bloomer all the time. <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, so I just a bit, bit of background information about myself. Um, like welcome to like Jono yeah. <laughs> Podcast. Podcast. I enjoy long walks uh, along the beach. Um, I-, I moved to Australia when I was 13 and um, up until the age of 13 I didn't really have any musical taste. Um, my life revolved around football, fishing. And uh, probably Trailer Tent Magazines. Um, People fishing and fucking. <laughs> the <laughs> the ups. Ups. <laughs> ups. Ups. I three I didn't know what that meant. I was only no, 13. No, sorry, that's really was, crass. As I said, I was a late bloomer. That's a very, very crass thing to say. I'm sorry. Um, so, I mean, I think up until then, you know, my CD collection was Warren G. I think I had Spice Girls debut album. Um, and probably a now 38. Which probably had Warren G and Spice Girls on it. Probably, or. yeah. I mean, I don't even know what 38 what that really Signabized, means yeah yeah. i mean i know it's done on maybe we should do a now episode i well, we so should it's, do it's the
1: number of cds i've had so I had 38 cds up and down probably. well it
2: could have been thirty-eight. it could have been 42 i don't know at uh, that stage i have to go back and have, have a think one actually <laughs> one good song on there though was radiohead um karma police oh yes so i did listen to that lot and that kind of tickled my fancy a little bit <laughs> lovely because up until then it was all you know two become one um yeah. so i moved to australia and i i Got the mick taken out of me a little bit, but generally the guys and the girls were pretty cool out there. So um, they were listening to bands I had never heard of. So I came in, I was like, I want to play football and I wear Reebok classics. And they're like, oh, you know, skateboarding and guitar and la la la. They don't sound like that because they're not English, they're Australian. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, it was one of these kind of mufty days at, at school. Um, what did you wear? Actually, I think I probably wore my Reebok Classics in white. And then I got oh, ben, Reebok Classics with, with, with the gel bottoms. Yeah, well, no, I think... No, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think they were just like standard white Reebok nice. Classics. They're, but they're, yeah. I thought oh, they were really cool. But accordingly, they looked like nurse's shoes. So I got obviously ribbed for that. Nurse's shoes? Oh, mate.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nurse's shoes.
2: Um. Anyway. I fucking like need a violin player Had this my time,
1: <laughs> um, Did you have the classic Ben Sherman
2: shirt? No, because Ben Sherman was... That was I was i was before ben sherman mate in sense of like what people would wear he predates it what did yeah. you wear
1: in, in your day
2: back in my day um i mean back in my day back in my day i think sort of like the classic english stuff was you'd have like a kicker's sweatshirt or timberland sweatshirt well, You yeah well no i'm a caper track suit with the buttons down yeah the side. there we go Cap- <laughs> well, it's very similar to what i'm wearing right now actually <laughs> yeah. um so australia was you know obviously sun um, they had the surf culture even though this was brizzy but you know it was a lot different brisbane that means brisbane yeah. that is um so nirvana <laughs> nirvana um so anyway oh <laughs> we got deep then we had we had one of these Mufti days as i was saying yes yeah. i was i was wearing whatever and um we pe- people we could chill out in kind of the form rooms um and there was a girl that brought in this album nirvana never mind and it's the first time i'd ever heard of the band or and indeed actually heard the music so um, she put it on, and that was kind of like an epiphany mm. of, you know, colossal, colossus Mag- Magnitude. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Mag- how, how old were you? Better. This? Sorry, so I 13? would have been 14. 14. 14. Okay. 14. Yeah. As I said, came late to the game with everything. Um, still coming late. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God.
2: <laughs> it was quite important. That's and not it, a
1: bad thing, you know.
2: Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Coming, actually, yeah. Yeah, early would have been a funnier joke. It
0: would have been, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's why the girl liked you.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, this girl actually did end up being my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah, fantastic. Long... <laughs> yeah. We're there. Come yeah. on. Um, We're in. So, But anyway, but before that happened, um, she brought in this album, Nirvana Nevermind. And uh, as I said, it kind of changed a lot for me in regards to how I kind of move forward in terms of my musical taste. And I think also, I think last week, well not last week the last time we were together we talked about sort of grunge as a a kind of a culture um and that comes down to you know um sort of clothing wear, a bit like you know punk was Mm -hmm. with with (laughs) when um you know the sex pistols came out and all those kind of bands and stuff um yeah
1: it's got its own uniqueness isn't it
2: yeah absolutely it's it's very kind of aesthetically based isn't Mm -hmm. it in terms of you know the the way pieces were put together, sort of that kind of bricolage style look, and you know worn sweaters and stuff like that, but that was all very, very appealing from someone who came from a very you know i guess sterile kind of look mm, yeah um and and you know sort of I think obviously Jamie and I went to school together, so I think well you probably all know what I'm talking about, but you know it was a the british culture English culture was very steeped in sport and um. Australia was a lot different. Hmm. You know, it was a very, very different kind of kind of place, and uh, it it seemed to have a lot more in common with kind of like a grunge aesthetic than it did with kind of what the UK was at the time. That's what I was saying to you last um, last episode, of saying how Australia has that kind of um, alternative image in my head for some reason. I don't know if it's because of just stereotypical surfing and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It has that. Al- that for me, it seems that alternative music in general we said this before in Australia it is much more, um, accepted, c- accepted, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe not accepted. Um, or more it's more prevalent mainstream. out there. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it, it just seems that, you know, you would walk, I mean, obviously any city has, you know, tribalism and so forth and you would walk around the city center and there would be your stereotypical homeboys. I don't know if anyone calls them homeboys anymore, but you get the picture. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. You know, you two Patrick guys who, you know, um, but, I just remember skateboarding and surfing being a big part of some people's lives, and the clothing, and and all my friends were into guitar-based music, um, mm. and yeah, as I said, Nirvana kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks, yeah, and it was it was quite liberating to to kind of listen to something so brash. Mm. Um, and did, she, did she play it
0: from the very beginning, or was it? No, yeah, I mean, as in know, the, the it, track It by was track. Teen Spirit came on yeah.
2: first, you know, those that
0: okay, those hell. first four chords, ah. and
2: it's just like, well, there is that kind of, you know, G sharp, isn't it? That fires <laughs> up too.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but, um, but that as an intro is fucking incredible. Like, yeah. I, I remember that. Just it is like spine tingling moment when you. I, I still get that. I know it's overplayed, but you still get that feeling okay. of my oh, fucking. It's just got. It's just a great riff. Yeah. And yeah. then the drums fucking come in with a cracking
1: yeah. fill. It's like a timeless classic, Crazy, yeah. isn't it? You know? And if
0: you're so used to listening to
2: I mean, going back to that now whatever number it was, I mean there was like, you know, Radiohead are great, but I mean it's a completely Radiohead at that stage were a completely different band. Hmm. Um then there was other stuff on there like cast. I'm so lonely. Anyway, Beautiful. yeah. Um you like that song, don't you? I do like that song i always gone about it um and then oasis were on there and you know again it was at the stage where oasis were sort of weren't at their pinnacle Mm. so to like you know listen to um nirvana um it was amazing but then the come down was you know you kind of start investing into a band and realize they're no longer together and that the lead singer is dead Mm. um and that was quite that also has an effect on how you kind of look at the band Mm um so yeah i i listened to it that was the only time i listened to it and then um my birthday was was coming up and i asked for it for my birthday and that was the first mm. rock proper rock cd awesome i owned and it, amazing and then from there i lit i went to amazing bands such as Limp biscuit and corn and um, <laughs> no, i'm joking but you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was it was awesome it was it was good a good starting point i mean that's wicked that song, doesn't that you
0: know? but doesn't it show you the 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 um Longevity, the how 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 it resonated because that's like nine. Is it ninety one? Someone quote me when it came out. Never mind. Yeah, <clears throat> ninety one. That's uh, we all got it into it before, after yeah. way after that. I did. I was probably I probably got into vinyl first before you guys because I'm a bit older. But was it ninety eight? So ninety eight would have been seven. You ninety know, nine seven, well, 99 indeed. in fact, yeah, eight years after it, it actually was released, and yeah. it still it was still being and it still is, but it was still being played heavily yeah. because of the huge like change that it had on that on music scene we again we discussed this um a a few episodes ago or last episode i can't remember um but yeah i just just, it was just straight in i just love smells like things pretty straight uh, straight in and never mind for me has the i don't know if it's the is it the wave or the perfect structure in, in, in how it the tracks roll so you've got yeah, smells it like spirited, off with uh, in bloom. Something in the way, which then is, it's, you are. Yeah, then There's it drops not, uh, to come yeah. as you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. It kind of picks up, and it's got that quite right. loud approach. and then, yeah. and flow, and There's, yeah, yeah. something in the way ends in something in the way, which oh, is the most beautiful song, and it's just so haunting. And it? It? it's something you yeah. would never yeah. imagine from from listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit at the beginning.
2: There's not a bad song on that album. No, not at all. It's not no, like it's not no like a skipping track album. And it kind of transcends across a lot of the audience, the demographic who listens to Nevermind or who know Smells Like Teen Spirit must have blown someone like i must say blow his mind i mean yeah it blew his mind in one way or another <laughs> <laughs> it must nice. have blown his mind that um yeah people across all genres of music or who appreciate all genres of music yeah really know that track Smile, that team spirit or no know everyone knows, know Nirvana, everyone knows. And, Nirvana, mm. and, and it's just like wow mm. and you wouldn't expect it from that kind of sound i don't think well not. no because previously and i guess we'll go into this a bit later with with some of you know um the people that cook Cobain worked in worked with previously on records and stuff you know they, they they were guys that were known for sort of sludge metal and yeah um all that type of stuff and yeah but i was just going to say even like the video for team spirit is amazing oh it's incredible yeah. you know like well, the, but then like, we <laughs> we're dropping the, a lot of things today. Sorry, guys. We talk about the
0: aesthetics, and that I think where you're coming from at the beginning is is talking about the fashion and how that is 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 intrinsically linked. Yeah. With music, I don't know if it is as much now. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But I think at the time that the the aesthetic look of Smells Like Teens with that video, loads of teenagers fucking moshing in a high school hall. Um, Kirk Wayne wearing his overs- oversized jumper—that mm. kind of whole look was just yeah. incredibly attractive. I don't think, I don't think was.
2: There, I don't think there is yeah. much today that does that. I think they, if anything, it's going back to that look again, isn't it? It's. Yeah, you you mean, look at the key kind of images within popular music. Yeah, and a lot around the to Beatles to like the, the, the punk to, to glam rock. Yeah, yeah to, to grunge. I can't think of anything recently. Maybe tattoos on your face. <laughs> well, I <laughs> yeah, can't think of anything recently extreme, that's like. That, yeah that has that iconic look. Mm. And as you say, now companies are capitalizing on the baggy jumpers. And the... Yeah, mm.
1: absolutely. I think the last kind of fashionable look was emo. Possibly, or oh, even like maybe out. that new metal look. Of like the thing the baggy... is,
2: I look back on grunge now and go, mm. fuck, I'd still wear that. Whereas yeah. I look back on e- emo and go, fuck no. Just, yeah, yeah. Like true. you just wouldn't. Because, mm. I mean, there's elements of emo that maybe are cool, but generally, yeah. I know what you're saying, but mm. like, you know, look at like My Chemical Romance and the way those sure, guys dress.
1: Sure. Fucking hell. Yeah, so tragic. With, um, it's a mix, the, isn't it? Goth well, and
2: yeah, but Goth's cool though. Goth is still cool. Yeah, emo just was
1: it was a bit of a mix of things. wasn't it? Yeah. A mixed bag of shit.
0: With um, <laughs> we'll we'll go around the room and get everyone's favorite track. But Jono, you, you, the track that when you had that whole album, obviously you played it and played it. But what were your key tracks that you probably picked out from Nevermind? You thought of oh. that. <laughs> So I was
2: going to crack a joke. Oh, it's, gone.
0: Like, it's not even funny. Oh.
2: I was going to say oh. um sliver but obviously <laughs> sliver's not on there. Um I I think I'm going to say smells like teen spirit is is probably yep. my absolute favorite song on there and I don't care what people think about that. No, um, something in the way again is, oh, yeah.
0: is is awesome. Um Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what about what what about everyone else? Then well,
1: my oh, I love it every time I hear it and when it gets to that chorus with the blah 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 Goes into it, come as you are. Okay, yeah, oh. brilliant. And yeah. at the start, the starting riff hmm. sounds like it's underwater.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 yeah, it it's that off. weird chorus. It's just effect they've things.
1: caught something magical yeah, no, when definitely. they recorded that. Come as you are. Yeah, takes you, and Lithium as well. That chorus is a mega sing along one. Hmm. Uh, but something in the way, I know we keep bringing it up, but. Something? Yeah, the, uh, yeah it's haunting, I, I believe uh, in the Nevermind documentary, Butch Vig said. That Kurt was just singing away that in one of the studios, and rather than getting Kurt to move and set up somewhere mm. else and re-record it, he was setting up mics around him. Yeah, that's why it sounds a bit haunting and a bit, you know, mm. caught the perfect moment for that
0: yeah, song. Yeah. His yeah. Vo- we can hear his voice is, He's not standing up singing that. He's, yeah, you he can, can feel you he's it. Yeah, you he can yeah, hear it his voice. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I, I go with, um, Lithium is probably one of my favourite songs. I don't know because yeah, I just I just like that line. I'm so happy because today I found my friends. They're in my head. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I I think you know. I think um, I'll go to Jamie in a second. But I think Kurt Cobain was very good at those. I don't know. They're not rhyming couplets, but couplets of words that he used. Like some some of his stuff doesn't make sense if you look at it overall. But he has he he uses two two lines that seem to make perfect sense, and then he goes off on a strange one. Does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, and I I
2: noticed like Gavin Rossdale. I think tried to. Something of Bush, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Bush because you listen to back Gavin's stuff, and again, it's like it's, it's quite bit, it's, yeah. it's hard but, to do that. You know? I know. But I mean, it's funny with Kirk Cobain's lyrics, we'll probably talk about it later. But he actually didn't take much care and attention to his lyrics. Oh. That was a quote from him. He said that's the last thing he thinks about, right? Um, okay. so yeah, he just sometimes just writes stuff that's just nonsense and then rewrites mm. it and then he actually compiles a lot of the stuff he's written. So you might write four different versions. Um, of one song lyrically and then just smash them all together and mm. as he said half time like, they don't make sense I just stick a good chorus in there in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it sells records yeah. yeah, and you can imagine him saying
0: saying that as well and being really pissed off about it yeah. <laughs> that, but, like, yeah. but then that I can't that's that, that is one of the attractive things in Devon is that carefree I don't give a shit attitude I'm just we're just going to play what we want to oh, do absolutely. and we sing what I want to sing yeah. it doesn't maybe people want to see meaning they can see meaning but i'm just going to sing stuff that sounds good what yeah. your favorite track jamie or favorite um, Of all favorite tracks i think you've mentioned
2: mind? all of my favorite tracks apart from i do like territorial pissings as well mm-hmm. yeah just because i do <laughs> it's, a, it's just brash And yeah, heavy. yeah, yeah that's, just, a, yes. what I'm, that's i kind of like that kind of stuff you really hear the rawness in it um and yeah you, you mentioned lithium Come As you are as, far as like as tea spirit cannot be ignored and as johnny mm-hmm. says i don't care what anyone says i know it's overplayed and it's not it's it's every every nirvana um, fan probably r- mega fans like track that they probably won't say is their favourite but deep down it is uh, <laughs> it's that track it's that bridging track for a lot of people who are into like more popular pop music yeah. it's still um, brilliant but I played it funny enough I played it in, um, in the lounge to my eldest daughter and she was loving it dancing around mm. and it's just it's funny it's just funny just to see like how that can still appeal to a. A five-year-old. Mm. Uh, no. I, yeah, I, well, I think they just captured that, produced, that energy, yeah, that moment. Yeah, yeah, the
0: production is amazing. Um We're probably going to talk about. We did mention this when we we're coming over today. Yeah, the change in drummer. Yeah. You know, for two yeah. albums, I mean, yeah. Dave has just added so much power in emotion and yeah. how yeah. he plays. Night and day difference.
2: Um, um, I just think Smile. It seems pretty. Even that, in you know, the intro.
0: It's like
2: real jump. It's like you it's can like really latch onto that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think it's the perfectly written song I think yeah. in, it is in many respects even like the guitar solo which is so minimalistic the, anti- the anti-solo but it's, the anti- yeah but when it as it comes in
0: yeah mm. it's like there's that kind of swell and it's just
1: and so it's, simple where, yeah anti-solo
2: yeah.
0: and like, it, f- it follows the melody line. yeah it? it's, it's yeah. Yeah. fucking brilliant brilliant songwriting yeah. it
2: is fucking brilliant
0: um so yeah that's no, that's great very but, beatles-esque as well he loved he loved the beatles didn't he yeah, he loved john
2: lennon, didn't he? yeah and a yeah. lot of that yeah. kind of followed the melody line of the vocal well
0: that yeah. that was in that documentary you're talking about yeah, it was, ben, yeah. that he I he he, so. he didn't want to double track his vocals until butch Vig went john lennon does it and he went, went oh okay yeah yeah um it's really interesting that documentary if you want to check it out it's really, it's really good the nevermind thing with butch fig um anything else about nevermind that when he wants to chip in on but ben was that the first track or album you heard or
1: yeah for sure that was the the main nirvana album i first got into um Mm. i kind of got into them uh via my first band i was in the the singer was heavily into nirvana and kurt cobain and so we actually rehearsed a lot of Mm. tracks actually not just from uh nevermind but uh incestor side yep yeah Yeah. um because molly's lips on that. yeah that's right yeah I remember playing that a lot and they're mm. very simple songs. So, for a drum, who's just starting, it's kind of easy just to pick out the mm. sort of main pattern. Yeah, yeah. And then it went from there. So, from uh, I was must have 12, 13, my mm. first sort of band. And so, yeah, yeah, from it was like a massive, massive lesson. It mm-hmm. was just a, an amazing teaching lesson at that age just to go through these tracks. I never really heard. Mm. My friend was into them. So, you just go, well, with what your friends are into, definitely. But yeah, that's I mean, how I got into Nirvana. Really? I, th- I
0: think talking about you, I think you can hear that influence in you when you play, mostly. Yes. um how, yeah, you, how you drum. For sure, I mean, um, and and the the, the, the subtleties. The yeah, but the subtleties that Dave Grohl throws in. I mean, he, he he always. um If you listen to this again, going into like the structure of their songs, but you listen to the, the verses on <clears throat> Nevermind, he's doing minimal stuff but that allows him to go fucking massive mm. on the choruses. Like, I mean, the, the, the bass drum patterns, this is again, getting very technical, but the, for me, the bass drum patterns and the snare patterns are very similar or yeah. simple. simple yeah, and yeah. then when he goes big, Less he goes he's big. Yeah. And he, and, and yeah. It, again, it's it's kind of playing the song and playing that suits the song. Um, but yeah, that drum intro for smells like these is Jesus. That yeah. make you want to get up. I don't know what will. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Never mind. Front cover. Fucking brilliant. Well, a great yes. Yes. great I got cover as
2: well.
0: Information. Oh I got some info. I
2: got some information. I wonder
0: if there's a picture <laughs> of that little baby now. nowadays. Did they there do is, yeah, yeah. There he, is. We've done is, it There
1: recently. is some information. Did he? Um, mm.
2: For the 25th and, and, anniversary. Yeah, there's, I mean, I'll tell you what, Nirvana seemed to me like one of these um, mystical bands. In mystical terms of, band? Well, you know, like, you know, like, in the old days. I don't know why I say old days, but you know, like, Zep and Sabbath and they all had these kind of mysticisms around yeah. them. Is that the right word to use? Yeah. I'm going to fucking use anyway. I think Nirvana are the same. So, I don't
0: wait. Go. Thanks. Go. The
2: baby boy on the cover of Nevermind was almost a girl. What? Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. So Nevermind cover photographer Kirk Weddle, did two shots and really liked a photograph he took with a baby girl, but the band's record label insisted, "We want dick."
0: Oh, really? Oh, she said that. Yeah. That is so, oh, uh, Geffen. Uh, well, there's this, when we get into in utero, I've got a load about Steve Albini that he, he he's got some horrible things to say about the management and stuff behind. I can imagine he got ripped off, really, um, didn't he? Behind Nirvana. Yeah. He was, he was, he's, he's quite a, he was, a, well, he's a champion for different things, but we'll talk about that. Go on. And as, n- never mind as well for me, well, I remember, Um, I don't remember watching the videos because not really had access to MTV, but that was, I think that was the second Nirvana I'm a, I bought, but I'm, um, I don't know. It, it, without sounding like weird, it kind of it speaks to you. It spoke to me at the time. It still it still mm. has relevance to me now. Even when you listen to it, I don't know. It just it reminds yes, it reminds me of the time, but it also makes me want to go. Okay, you can you can do anything. Mm. Do you yeah. mean, there's no there's no rules in the in the yeah. It's like pop writing, but there were no rules for that type of music. It wasn't like you had to have a solo, like we talked about this solo halfway through. There was no wanky wanky showy off stuff it was like a band playing together a great great songs mm-hmm. and to yeah. me that kind of that's how it resonated go on Jono, you're looking at me with a fact never mind
2: no i mean there's there's a couple of things i think that you sort of spoke about there and i think for me as a guitar i think nirvana and kirk Bain were incredibly important in terms of thinking hey mm. i can play a song <laughs> yeah, yeah. In four mm. chords and it can be Amazing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than having to, to kind of you know worry too much about sort of you know technical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: it was rough around the edges, absolutely. But that's why I, I think that's that's it. it's that's just a the selling, perfect way, absolutely, it? absolutely.
2: So. Um, I mean, there's there's heaps of stuff. I mean, um, th- I think everyone probably knows this one. They were asked to play um Lithium out on MTV, um, but they decided to play Rape Me, yeah, so yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah. Ah, cool, which is obviously they had not released Rape Me's off. In outro, intro, yeah, it? yeah. Yeah. Um they were kicked out of their own release party <laughs> because they just got totally trashed. Um I mean, I don't know. I like that sort of stuff. I like there's just... the iconic image as well, that front cover. I know Gabby's mentioned it, but it's just yeah, so it is iconic, totally, isn't it? Totally. Um and there's heaps of other stuff. Obviously Nirvana almost split up over um issues over royalties from the album. And Dave Grohl was Nirvana's
1: fifth Drummer, Drama. yeah, hmm. yeah.
2: You read the, um, I've got, I found that journals, Kurt Cobain journals, mm-hmm. found it in the loft and reading through it. It's just, it's just brilliant insight into, a, a, I think a genius. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you can piece a lot of things together through that, through his journals, which obviously makes sense because mm-hmm. it's a journal, but <laughs> the it opens, I wish I brought it with me. I didn't bring it with me today. And I will we'll post a photo on, um, on the undead, not undead, on the, repeat, uh, on repeat Instagram. Um, it's like the first kind of, Extract of one of his pieces of writing is like, "Don't read this diary when I'm gone." PS, please read it when I'm gone, kind of thing. But it wasn't when mm. he was going to shoot himself; it was when he was going to work. I think left for his girlfriend. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but that now, obviously, it holds more. Mm. Um, it resonates more because obviously he, he killed himself, etc., etc. And so that's a really nice opening to that journal, mm. yeah. and then documents all the band members and letters written to the band about their commitment levels. He was quite a. Um, he was very very driven and he doesn't come across as driven as as he's as he's letting on yeah but there's a letter in there written to i don't know if it was to dave Grohl or a different drummer i i I should have i should have researched that a bit more but there's a letter about how they're going to kick this person out of the band don't think they're committed Don't think they'll commit to quitting their jobs and stuff like that Mm. it's a really long letter (laughs) it's just like it's it's quite interesting yeah yeah yeah. so it's a fascinating read if you want to check it out you can buy that it should be on your usual amazons waterstones it's the Cobain journals i don't know how much it is now um Mm. i got it when it Pretty was first first came out, in yeah. the mm. late '90s. But yeah,
0: cool, brilliant. Anyway, thanks, Jono. Anything else to add about Nevermind? Yeah. I think that's a just fucking love good, it. Great, great. <laughs> if you haven't heard it, well, where the fuck you been? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, well, yes. I mean, that is yeah,
2: very. Funny. I mean, there are people who don't like Nirvana, and that's totally you know you can totally respect that. Um, I can't. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. some people that say they don't like the beatles i don't i
0: don't i don't like oasis them. so it's like yeah no my- but that's diff- <laughs> i think oasis is, is a different story but i think pivotal moments you, I, I, you don't have to love it but you can i think you need to appreciate the facts yeah of what what they were because i suppose if you look historically back at it um, and again we again we mentioned this before but they they came out at a time where um rock and metal was just like misogynistic you know mm. it was, the stuff they were talking about was quite disgusting yeah you know towards um yeah treatment of females and all, all all those all those things and they, they came out and just ignited and brought together like a lost generation and they st- i think they still do personally like you said people play their songs and they feel something. good they feel something yeah so anyway it's a real healer something in in the the
2: i think anything like that anything nirvana anything kirk cobain had, had written and what i'll talk about later but his influence on me It's some real healing elements Hmm. to stuff that he's written. Hmm. Not in the sense that, oh yeah, I can relate to living under a bridge and not and being homeless and having a real broken home where I live. It's not that not that's not what I'm saying. Um I'm saying that it's kind of like it's a real insight into someone's pain. Hmm. A very honest insight into someone's pain. Not necessarily lyrically, because as we say, they're slightly jumbled, but there are hidden meanings in there, I suppose. More delivery vocals etc etc and i don't think you can find a better front man mm-hmm. i don't think you can find a better front man
0: today who could do mm. that i agree with convi- con, you know, conviction conviction, yes. conviction. Yes. yeah absolutely I've, I've, yeah um, I, I think that's a great point because actually i think you can hear you even on the never mind is the to me is the most polished the most produced album mm. yeah like, um and even on that you can still hear the anger the rawness the pain the you know all, all the stuff he's feeling um, you might not, we not, we might not get where he's coming from, but actually, you yeah. can empathise with that kind yeah. of feeling. Um, I was going to say something else, I can't remember what it was now. Bollocks, never mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> hey! Yeah, yeah, was that, is that, yeah. yeah. Exactly. that was it. Oh well, <laughs> never mind. I know, never, never mind. I think the title came from again. I think that he loved the Sex Pistols, never mind the bollocks, and they were uh, they were pushed, push, oh, push, right. push for a name of an album, and he's notoriously, um, is notoriously kind of historic or historically. Uh, you look at how he named his albums he wanted to um yeah we'll talk about in the show in a bit n- name that i'll hate myself i want to die or verse chorus verse just to kind of as a middle finger fuck yeah. you to the whatever recording industry whatever the, the system he was part of mm-hmm. um but yeah they just said oh you need a name and he had nevermind the bollocks in front of him he said what well, about nevermind's done and they reduced that name so that's where it came from brilliant it's very cool i like that there you go <laughs> it's really interesting mm-hmm. thank you you're going sound very interested in my interesting. No, it's really interesting. <laughs> uh, it's really interesting. It's very interesting. Cool. Excellent, Jono. Uh, who wants Brilliant. to go? Uh, wanna go next from Nevermind? Where do you want to go? we will um, go to Bleach if you want. Bleach. Go to the start.
2: Back I mean, to- I didn't... I'm going to talk about Bleach. Um, 89, because, wasn't it? Yeah, 1989. Um, firstly, I love the sound of it. It's just so raw. Um, it wasn't the first, obviously, Nirvana record that i got into in fact the first Nirvana record i got into was um in show in utero b- borrowing it from justin on cassette and that was probably the I first got time that cassette pack no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and that was um to be honest with you that's the, the very first time i fell in love with uh alternative music the idea of being in a band um the idea of being a front man um and the idea of playing live just from that album itself and then from the album you kind of I kind of did. I got. We were talking about this in the car. I got heavily obsessed with um, Kurt Cobain and Nirvana for quite a few years. Um, so watching videos, um, getting cassette tapes. We I mean, just had a cassette tape. I, I found a cassette tape in the library and rented it out. Um, and I just became obsessed with Kurt Cobain mm. as as a, a per, as a person. He was. He was. I, I would say he was my idol. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up at that point in my life when I was 15, 16. What was attractive about him that pulled you? I just like the fact yeah. he didn't give a shit. Mm. Um, I found it, I found it really intriguing how he was so dismissive in interviews and so blasé about it. But he was like the biggest rock star on the planet. Obviously, mm. he died by the time I got into them. Um, but that still kind of resonated with me. I just found that he was, he was down to earth. He was something that you could. He made just said he made he made me realize that you could be anything you wanted to be. Um, in the sense that he was from nothing and, you know, he, he had a very kind of not rough background, but quite a disturbed background in the sense of upbringing and things going on and uh, he grew up in a town that wasn't, you know, there weren't many opportunities, I'm not saying that that's relatable to me in any way, shape or form, but it was more that he, um, he made something of himself hmm. playing f- for chords. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think it's inspiring. Totally when, you, when you hear you hear mm. i mean yeah. you can you can relate this to to me i always i always like i i'm a teacher but i relate this to young people you look at some of the these football players that come from nothing like these brazilian football players Argentine just football players whatever they grow up in friggin' squalor yet they have some something inside them some determination some drive that makes me want i'm gonna do it you know messi was famously turned down you're never gonna be a great football player he's one of the best football players in the world if not the, of our generation that we've seen, there's something inside people that that drive. Yeah. That I think is attractive to him. That ends. That, that I go and you fucking think do it.
1: That drive only comes from hardship and no, times. No, I don't. I, I don't
2: think... think it. No, I don't think it does. I. I think. I think sometimes, in some cases, and a lot of cases, it has an advantage mm. because mm. if you've had a decent upbringing, if you've had good opportunities given to you, then that strive doesn't become. Uh, nature, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people, it, you could across genres in in rap music and in, in loads of different um, genres. Um, that that drive comes from having nothing. Mm-hmm. Do, do, do yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. sure. So, um, but he's yeah. I just I just remember seeing interviews of him just like smoking a cigarette and just not really paying any interest and just answering and just being if in any other situation
0: it would be arrogant. Mm. But he
2: didn't come no. across yeah. as arrogant. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because um, the
0: way he looked, the way yeah. he, he, he was kind of quite—he um, looked like quite a shy, retired, I yeah, know, that's, a bit, exactly it. Guy. that's exactly retiring guy. He it. didn't didn't really enjoy the limelight, but he did enjoy limelight. I think he 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 trod this path between fame and not wanting to yeah. be famous. He trod the path between being signed to a massive record company, but not wanting to do that. Um, so there was a big in, inner turmoil with it within within everything he did, which people were quite. Um, uh, thingy about what's the word? Yeah, quite. What's the word I'm thinking obsessed, of? Obsessed, intrigued, uh, intrigued by. But they also the, the, the people were also um, when he I remember when he when he died they became very um oh for fuck's sake cri- yeah a little critical but I, I don't know very um dubious and very kind of oh, cynical yes. about yes. Mm-hmm. oh he had everything what's he got you know and it's that but it's, this again this is going to go into a, a, a whole different other <laughs> step but it's like you know when people say um we talk about suicide when people talk about oh it's selfish it's selfish it's a selfish act well hang on a minute when we're talking about that that's one how one person is feeling what they've done because mm. we could not we have to talk yeah. about suicide because we we in cocaine um people are very cynical oh he had everything why did he do this for us to understand your someone's mindset like that is impossible i think yeah sorry um so um so i'm getting a bit bit deep there but you know what i mean because yeah. we, from the from the outside looking in it's very easy to go Oh, he, you know, he had everything. He did this and that, but we—I suppose—we don't understand what demons he had, where, hundred yeah. percent, what, what, um, stuff he was going through. So actually, he should, we should be talking about like how, how to help people, how to listen, yeah, to people. Well, like, it's, anyway. it's
2: a big talking point, even from sort of moving forward from sort of Kurt Cobain, and you look at some of the other artists that mm. we've lost mm. over over the last, you know, couple of decades and so forth, and it seems to be something that I don't know. As a community, as a society, we still haven't figured out yet how to. Mm. I mean, obviously, we probably won't ever have a solution. But yeah, I mean, mm. I think that's why he's such a uh, a revered figure in, yeah. in many respects as well. Um, and, yeah, and it, I, I suppose he—that's why he's an idol. It was an idol to many. Ben was saying his brother was obsessed with him as well. Um, actually, I've got a funny story about Kirk Cobain being obsessed with him. <laughs> anyway i'm gonna reveal i'm gonna reveal this now i told Faye earlier and she goes you do what um and my mate matt bazek was there and he, he didn't do the same thing because he wasn't as stupid as me <laughs> but i got a little uh razor and cut K C into my <laughs> arm did you didn't do it deep enough <laughs> yeah matt, matt bazek can uh that's corroborate the story yeah and i was so i was seriously so obsessed it was like up here somewhere um, on my on near my BCG, yeah, near my <laughs> I didn't have a BCG. I was immune. No, yeah, you. Bugger. <laughs> oh, yeah, you freaking didn't get one. Yeah. did you avoid it? Maybe I was, Maybe that's why I did sick, it. Sick but um, day. I got yeah. I have, heavily obsessed with him. Um, but probably back to bleach now. No, oh, sorry, yeah, gone. <laughs> so released in um yeah 1989 um on Sub Pop. Yep. Um, and in fact, the interesting thing about Sub Pop was everyone has this impression that Sub Pop are these like uh, bastions, and, like mm. you know, of of that grunge scene, and they were. They, they love their artists and they, but actually when you read the interviews of Kurt Cobain, Sub Pop just wanted Nirvana to have or produce an album or initially an EP they thought it was going to be, but Nirvana decided they wanted to do an album mm. after releasing Love Buzz. They wanted them to emulate what was going on in this Seattle sound, right? So they wanted them to sound like Alice in Chains, mm. those bands that were knocking around all coming up at the time. And Kurt Cobain was like, well, I don't, I don't want to do this, mm. but they're like, well, you're under contract. You're going to do, um you know you, you're gonna oblige to yeah, what we're saying you need to is. sound like this because this is the sound mm. that's going on at the moment so they were convinced to make songs that um had that just rock element which mm. is quoted by kirk vane and he said that actually with the lyrics for bleach he wrote them the day before they went into sessions mm. or the night before mm. or an hour before because he didn't give a shit mm. he's like i want i want to do what i want to do but they they want me to sound like this other band or these other bands i'm just going to write whatever and just, just mm. fuck it it kind of paid off for him because it's yeah. a it's a brilliant it's a brilliant debut album. Um, it sold um, 1.9 um, wow. million uh, units after it kind of got transferred over to Geffen. But obviously, Sub Pop have the rights to it, yeah. and that still is um, Sub Pop's biggest selling album. Is it's, it really? Yeah, it's Bleach. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, and it cost six hundred dollars to make. Um and mind? the the guitarist, something Everman, I think his name was. I, I looked at it earlier on the front cover of Bleach, we've got the C D here or not? I have. So we're gonna look at this is not what you do on a podcast, but we I'm just need to look at the CD and describe it to you. So on the front of Bleach, if you um haven't seen it, you've got um you've obviously got Kirk Cobain in the front and he's like jamming out. Um you've got Chris Novoselic in the back. Um, yeah. and is it Chad Channing in the back? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Um shit drummer in the back. What I love and about
0: <laughs> what what I love about this art before we go into it. Yeah. It's called bleach, and it's got that. Comp- it's got the um. What's the What's the effect? Inverted. It's it yeah. Inverted. It, in, it's an inverted photo. Yeah. We that, did which, that again. Which mean. is Which is like, something being. Uh, so I like the idea. The title matches the art. There. It's kind yeah, of has yeah. a. There's a. a yeah, there's a there's, a. there's a. There's kind of like a, a link. Um. And also quickly, the Nirvana font. Let's go to go into font. yeah, yeah, fonts. Yeah, yeah. That That font know, carried through on all of our albums, and that for me, I remember being really. I don't know. That, that was a. Another key thing about it—it it looked different to, to anything I'd yeah. bought. It had like curves. <laughs> it's really weird. I'm talking about fonts. I'm excited, but it had curves in the right places, <laughs> place. <laughs> and it, it seemed to yeah. match the the name. Do you yeah. mean the font made of course, sense of that yeah. name? Um Whereas you, you you know we've been in bands before. We've seen bands with shit names and crap fonts, and you just think that for, for me the, the again the aesthetic the look mm-hmm. of that yeah. matched the yeah. the fashion matched yeah. the sound. So it kind of all kind of. Yeah. it's a great Fun. it's a great font as soon yeah. as
1: I see that font it just screams 90s do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it's that kind of perfect but, yeah. era where it but first it's, it's kind of
2: like the font The font, even the font is part of the of the aesthetic that makes yeah. up who the band are now you yeah. know because it's in itself it's a it's a marketing tool it is yeah for sure it's yeah. crazy so um front cover of the album Kirk yeah. Bane at the front rocking out Chris Novoselic Chad Channing shit drummer um and then you've got um jason everman's the other guitarist um kind of like who's kind of whited out you you know that that one there Mm -hmm, yeah so that was um he wasn't actually well he joined the band for a while he wasn't actually in the band they put him on the front cover because he funded the album (laughs) oh clever Um, and he's credited in there as well he was in a he was part of the seattle scene but he loved he heard their demo and he loved it he said look i'm gonna put the money up front for you so this guy basically paid for the recording of the album um, 606 dollars before probably made that back though do you think well he's, pred- he's credited <laughs> so I'm yeah. sure there's some sort of royalty somewhere along the lines That's of that nice. I mean they he wasn't he was a member for a little while but I think he left which I is just probably regretting now um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's just an interesting kind of little story around bleach yeah um and the recording itself like happened within a, a month' span um December january time yeah because hmm. they sub pop only wanted an ep and they just went in um and just rehearsed like for hours straight and then just did the album instead um and that's on the back of releasing love buzz and yeah i think it's just a fucking brilliant brilliant album what was the uh singles from? oh well, god now you're asking me a question Ben. i haven't done the research uh, that the, love, buzz was, a, was love buzz was the first release they the, did the, the oh, track
0: I, was... the, I think the track that um stands out hugely on that whole and the whole album when you listen to it is about a girl because yeah, it's the yeah. only only track with clean guitars yeah for, that's first was, yeah. thing for the whole thing there's no distorted guitars up, and, mm-hmm. again i i, I listened to it today and i was like oh shit, i didn't realize you just listen to it and it's kind of and it's the the biggest for me, the biggest track with the biggest hook on it. Yeah. It sounds like and we said it earlier, it sounds like a Beatles track singing about singing About a Girl. Yeah. It's kind of and I suppose he went into that thing. Um that, that I don't think I don't know if they played it recently. I saw um them do a live it was live and loud which is ninety end of I think December ninety three. So he sort of a few months before he killed himself and they played blue blue the first track yeah, off yeah, there. Mm-hmm, yeah and that's a fucking great track as well. Yeah. Um but they played a bit Sorry, you're away I'm just, it no, me. we are from I'll scratch my beard. They played they played. they still played bits off the album. But there's a really interesting thing. I think mean, is it the Montage of Heck or, or one of the oh, yeah. one of the documentaries where before they went in to record that they all they would do is rehearse in their friend's like yeah. living room and they yeah. they didn't have enough money for mic stands they like they put them in holes in walls so he was singing <laughs> to, in the wall. To the face the wall yeah, yeah. 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 Um so and and you can but you can hear it was done in quite quickly. You can hear it's done live. Yeah. Um, they, they are, I mean, the drummer does, he it, it, it kind of holds it together, but you can hear how tight the bass and the guitars are. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, that goes back to the Chris Novoselic and Kirk Green being really great friends, and they, they they were always looking for the right drummer. And you can hear that in the way they play together. Well, they Even understood. When yeah. live, there is an understanding, there's a tightness there, yeah. there's, I don't know, interplay that they I think they, they
2: understood that they needed to find that final element. I think when you read his journals, it kind of spells it out that Dave Grohl was finally the one that's actually. Mm.
1: Didn't they sort of catch him at a gig? Was he brain Down? Bad, bad brains. Bad bad brains. No, he was in Scream. 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 Yeah. Of
2: course he it was. It's yeah. a bad. Was he you know, like a tour with Bad Brains? Yeah, that's like right. Yeah, like that. yeah. yeah. But yeah, him. they saw him in that. But it's just it's one of those albums where um I mean yeah we discussed about a girl I think in episode five yeah. the saying how yeah, it's yeah, like one. The one that's like a shows how good their songwriting is um but I just love every track on. bleach Mm -hmm. i was listening to today was going for escape and just like every single track was just like i mean production wise because i suppose our ears aren't as used to or biased to the modern day production Mm. sounds because we've listened to stuff like this previously Mm -hmm. and back in the 90s not everything was produced amazingly anyway what standard then it was amazing but you know what i mean Mm. nowadays it's very clean very crisp so listen to that for me i just love it Mm. pure raw um I Suppose it is rock music because yeah. that's what they were, and you hear elements of um, you can hear after reading about the sub pop stuff saying they want them to sound like the Seattle sound. You can actually hear in a couple of the songs. Um, I should have written down the tracks when I was going through them, by forgive me, but anyway, listen to the old album, you'll, you'll hear it. There's bits in there that have a real Alice in Chains moment, yeah. I was gonna say, that. I can't think which song it was. Um, and it's like a drop in it, and it's like a weird Alice in Chains, Lane Staley style. Kind of me- melody line mm-hmm. and vocal yeah. pattern. I think there's
0: also a bit of sound, like early Soundgarden yeah. sound to it as well. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if they tuned, if it was detuned or if, uh, if they used down tuning, but it sounds like it is. I it think there's like... also a, a thread of really good hooks in there though. Yeah. In all of the yeah, yeah, yeah. In all of the songs, you listen to them and they are kind the of even the
2: instrument in, instrumentation yeah. as well. Um, yeah. And I, I was thinking as well today when I was listening to it, um, you can hear the influence that it had on a scene like new metal. Mm. Um some of the guitar, like uh, which track is it? It's like a real kind yeah, of like stop yeah. stompy kind of new metal classic yeah, play yeah. one chug <laughs> on one, one thing, one, and like yeah. it has that kind of like even negative creepers, yeah. Like that, well, yeah, 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 that kind of like mm. corn esque <laughs> like nix it kind of thing. Um so you can you can hear influences in, in there. Um yeah, so it was a Geffen. Um Geffen obviously bought the rights to this album, so this one says Geffen on it um but it's licensed through sub pop I, hmm. I don't know if you can get any sub pop um bleach albums anymore you that play. might be a rarity discogs Discogs. yeah I and mean,
0: I, mem- I remember i get, remember getting that album probably maybe last on my yeah. mm-hmm. buying the yeah, yeah, violinist yeah, and then you buy it and you and you like you said you you were you were so used to the sound of nevermind um and in utero was, was slightly different we'll talk about it in a second um but I was just like, oh, I'm not sure about this. But then the more you listen to it, like you say, the more you get out of it, the more the more you can you can hear their path and where they were going and what they were trying to do. And, and yeah. it's quite interesting that you said that they wanted them him to write a certain way. Because I think you're right. You can hear that in that yeah. he doesn't sound as comfortable. No, um, but it still sounds fucking great. But he doesn't sound yeah. as cu- he doesn't sound as. I mean, his his screams are like really harsh, uh, really crazy on that. Like mm. he goes for it on that. Um, quite close to what he did in utero. But um, yeah. yeah.
2: There are elements you can yeah, there are elements where you can hear who Kurt Cobain will become. Yeah. As a s as a singer. Um, because it really it's not I mean, as much as they probably wanted them to sound like those bands, it sounds nothing like those bands. Mm. Um, and it's probably his vocal more than anything that does that. Um, there's not as as high a produ- production value on this as something like a, a Soundgarden record would yeah. have. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, great album. If you haven't listened to Nirvana Bleach. Go and do, do it. it. Go check it out. Um, check it's it usually out. the cheapest. Actually, people don't buy CDs anymore, do they? <laughs> well, probably not. Love, yeah. Like...
0: Love, yeah. Love Buzz is great. About yeah. a girl, Negative Creep, yeah. s- School. Blue. It's Floyd the Barber. Yeah, I that's what Barber. I love. love Floyd the Barber. Yeah. 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 I mean, you more, you more you talk about the tracks, more you go, oh, okay, yeah. And, yeah. and then you listen to them and go, oh, shit, that's great. Um, cool. Brilliant. But yeah. So that's it. Bleach. Lovely job. Love you, Bleach. So we had, So Bleach is their first album. Then came Nevermind, which we discussed. Um, yeah. Then we got Incesticides. Do we, do we want to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, do I, don't do know, in- I don't know a great deal about incesticide. So well, um,
2: John, luckily, have done a little bit of research in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those albums we're saying in the car. Actually, we didn't really think it was an anything album or an yeah. official. When I remember like th- thinking about incesticide and thinking, is that an official official official? Yeah, is that, it's, an it's f- official, is official. that an official album album? I mean, it's an album, but is it an official Nirvana album? Mm. I, I it's think a combination. There's some
0: yeah. great tracks on it. Because I, so. I originally, when we talked about this, like last last episode, I thought, "Oh, this came out um before," because you hear it, the production, you think it comes out before Nevermind. But, mm. but Ben was right; it comes out after. But I think there was um, it's because the success of Nevermind, I think, incited Sub Pop to go. Actually, we got we got some songs recorded. Uh, we'll sell them to you, or we'll yeah. give them to you mm. on a price um to release because they were. It was it was really weird because you got. Was it eighty nine? Do you say? Yeah, Blink's eighty nine. So eighty nine, and you got ninety one. This came out in ninety two. Mm, then Each Way came out ninety three. That's so, why, yeah. So you you can instantly see they will they will pushed into this cycle of get shit out. They're popular. Fucking, we need to sell. We need to sell the shit out of this band yeah. as quickly as possible. Um, I don't know. I just so, so for for me, I remember again. I I think this is the third album I bought, maybe second album. Um, and I was like, oh, is it like demos? Is it EPs? I mean, there are live tracks on here from radio sessions. I think um that they did in in england um for radio one yeah so there's there are sessions on here there's there's a sped up version of um of polly called new wave polly so Mm. it's a punk version of that um it's more punky i think you said it earlier ben when you said you were playing stuff like molly's lips sliver it's got more of a punk real big choruses kind of punk i don't want to say pop punk because that's puts horrible things in my mind but taking like really popular music and hooks and, and putting it into kind of quite aggressive music and that you can hear it in these. I love aneurysm on this on this yeah. album. I think it's one of the one of the best tracks, and I love it because I remember seeing the video. I remember buying the video live tonight. Sold out. That's the one I borrowed from you, which was which was incredible. <laughs> and at the, at the the front of it, it's got this just really trippy guy in like looks like Kiss makeup laughing. I think it's Kurt Cobain, and then it's got like this big massive dude in Brazil shouting Nirvana to like this huge yeah, crowd, yeah. and it gets, gets playing over and over again. And It builds and builds and builds, and then the first track they do is aneurysm. I remember seeing it going. Where's this? What's this? What's this? What's this, what, this on? And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, so I went and bought that, and I, 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 I love that. Yeah. I love uh, that Kiss, track.
2: Kiss were one of Kurt, my favourite bands.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah. it's obviously him and the Kiss makeup yeah. going <laughs> over and over <laughs> again in a really weird like. I mean, you have got trippy... it spot on in in pretty much everything. you said. I,
2: I No, you, I mean, I I've got no understanding of this album at all. Hmm. I I just I
1: don't think I've even I, ever listened to it. I I'm mean, I, I, the only reason why is. As I said earlier, when I was in my first band, the guitarist was heavily into Nirvana and we played some of these songs. Uh, Hairspray Queen. I remember I had some wacky bass intro. Yeah, yeah it does. Song. But great little song. Mm. Um, yeah, as I said, Mully's Lip, Spinner Sun mm. and Sliver was quite a classic one, wasn't it? Yep. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, now looking at the, the, the tracks at the back, it's actually a quite cool album. <laughs> it's
0: a really <pretty> good <laughs> album. Yeah. It's a really um, good album. I think it's the first time where he that's his artwork on the front as well. It is his artwork. Oh, yeah, is nice. yeah, 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 absolutely. So, he spent uh, a long, long time. Let's have a look. So
2: basically, wow. I mean, no um, Incesticide was, was kind of his... It was given to Kurt Cobain as kind of like a pet project in the sense that he had every kind of control over it from right. the track listing to the artwork and everything. Um, and I don't know if anyone's sort of spent time reading the, the notes inside. Oh, yeah, it's great! It's um, but it goes on for yeah. for a long, long time, and he, he kind of covers a he, lot of things. He calls out people. He's like, if you're, yeah,
1: if
0: you're absolutely. this, this, and this, don't <laughs> fucking listen. That's uh, nice. What well, inside? The yeah, it's like book. if you're if yeah. you're homophobic. If you, you know, he, 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 yeah, I remember reading that when I was younger. So one of the best quotes that I
2: think Kurt Cobain's ever said.
1: Yeah, you are. go on.
2: If any of you, in any way, hate homosexuals, people of different color, or women, please do this one favor for us: leave us the fuck alone. Don't come to our shows and don't buy a Yes. <laughs> and that's that's what I mean about
0: him. Yeah. That's so, what I mean about him. Excellent.
2: Yeah. Mm, but I mean, how
0: brave how brave you can't argue with that. But the thing is, how, how to, to do that, I mean obviously to put in inlay, but how at the time they were in it within that music business machine, mm. and to step out of line and say shit like that yeah. would have yeah. got, would have potentially got you dropped. Got you know, we're not doing that. But I, that, that, like Jamie said, that that's quite an aspirational thing to go. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say these things that we all think, but actually sometimes we're scared to say because society we've been built upon the society of of actually there there are the haves and the have nots, and there yeah. are the people that should and shouldn't. You know, actually that's bollocks. So fuck off. Don't listen. And I love that. I love, I love that. That. that's a great attitude. Yeah, hundred percent. Punk. That is punk
2: yeah. as fuck <laughs> to me. But yeah, I mean, I I think it's um I think that's really really important, and it's it's an album that I will probably go and revisit, hmm. um because it is like a juxtaposition that album in the sense that it's it's two sides of Nirvana, yeah, hmm. and they they've you know, and we're talking about it's kind of like the genres that sort of Kurt Cobain listened to, um or I guess the band as well, but you've got so many influences like the Melvins, for example, mm-hmm. you know. Kind of, I don't know if you guys listen to Melvins, but that oh. kind of heavy sludge style, Seen him live. Um, you know, that's a big part of
0: Nirvana on yeah. Incest Side. And but Dave um, is it David Coverdale? I want to say that is the Melvins drummer played on that track, yeah, on, on that on that album? the album. Yeah. There's three, there's in, in the, 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 the drummer in the late, from Mud Honey as well played the, on Mud Honey, yeah, the guy from Melvins played yeah. on it, and David Rolls on it, yeah, briefly as well on that mm. Incest album. And they
2: do a few covers, I think there's a Devo cover on there, yep. Right. It's quite interesting you talk about like, the Melvins because, um, again, listening to Nirvana and being obsessed with them for those years, you'd always have that offshoot of just find, trying to find out what influenced them. Yeah. Mm. So you'd go off and listen to the bands that they listened to and the ones that influenced them. And, and it's just interesting that how actually Kurt Cobain got to the point where he had such a voice um, and it was so well respected in the music industry that he probably boosted a lot of bands' careers yeah. who, who otherwise wouldn't have had yeah, the amount true. of record sales mm. or nowadays the amount of streams that. Um, yeah. They would have done if he if he hadn't been the super absolute superstar that he was, mm. yeah. mega star. Because um, I listen to the Melvins and I I, I can't get through an album. I'm joking, I'm yeah, joking. No, I, I did the same. <laughs> I did the same thing
0: when I was buying albums. You, you look at who I, I, I still love that to this day. People name check bands, and I suppose they don't do it as not as often. But I remember remember seeing Mud Honey, and then Mud Honey brought out this album called My Brother the Cat. I've still got it home. It's got some my brother, the cow it's called, me. um, uh, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's, I, you listen to it and you can, you can hear how that influenced Nirvana. It's, it is, it's very, it's very punky. It's very off kilter, but I kind of quite like it, but you're right. I could only get through at the time. I could only get through probably past track four. And I was like, well, oh, this is quite hard listening. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, it's, it's, it's not true. So for them to take the trick of using stuff, they influence and make it pal- palatable and like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, was, oh, I can lose my words tonight. No, That's no, all right. you natural. Know, right. right. This is natural. Um, I
1: lose my words quite a lot.
0: Oh, yeah, just, just yeah. And pal- palatable okay. is the best, best way of saying it, I suppose. Yeah, well, it and is digestible. It's, it's so, digestible, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But, but that doesn't in any way reduce the impact, the quality mm. of what the vinyl did. No. No. no, just because it's palatable to people's ears or what have you. Th- is it palatable? Mm. Not to their ears.
1: Appealing level to the a palatable, a licking the pal- Lick a- pal- so, but you know, still <laughs>
2: wax. I don't know about you guys, but when I was young, I, I went through a stage of being palatable, palatable, licked. I, still am. I licked, licked many people, I got licked a lot. Licked. Um, <laughs> but no, um being being anti popular things, yeah. So, I'd end up listening to fucking music that I
1: hated. You For the, sake, for the of it. sake of it. Or wearing, the wearing a t-shirt
2: by a band that you didn't really listen to
1: that much. Yes. Well, you see it now. You see young girls yeah. be with Nirvana tops on. Or Sonic and Youth. ACDC Sonic Youth and I made songs. it. I'm like, you yeah. don't know. If I said, what's that song about? They're so
2: sexist. Young girls can listen to Nirvana too.
1: No, no, no. Oh, I know that. I'm just saying, yeah. like, they're, they're wearing just... it just for the... For like the image. Kim Kardashian wearing, a, wearing yeah, yeah, a Slayer t-shirt. That's the thing.
2: No, That's part of growing up. We've all been up That's part of growing up. Because then... It has i mean that kind of thing is is that rebellious kind of stage in your life where you know that's the you know nirvana again that that's a perfect link there represents that rebellion mm, in my life yeah. when i got to that point of listening to nirvana that's when i really started to find my own way in the yeah, sense yeah. of thinking this is what i want to do this is the music i want to listen to um and and that comes with the image that comes mm. with going to the camden market and buying the t shirt, yeah, 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 you know yeah. going to the shows and picking up a base and whatever or getting a baseball you know that kind of stuff is yeah. a baseball a ba- no baseball for me I was going to say <laughs> I'm early... pick up a baseball too because sort of... Kirk Cobain loved baseball <laughs> it's like early adolescence you're kind of yeah, of getting to
1: that point where you're, you're starting to come apart and be your own individual self I mean you
2: look you know. back on it and most of us probably look like absolute fucking idiots oh, like the way we the way we mate, dress and yeah, stuff. but proper. it's that ex- oh, looks amazing <laughs> I think Kirk, for me Kurt Cobain allowed me to express myself the way I wanted to, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, Image-wise, you gave
1: that permission in your mind. Don't give a shit. Let go. Yeah.
2: Just let go. Yeah. Find your way and be the person that you know that you, hmm. that you want to be, kind of thing. Um, and then there's me today wearing Adidas joggers and a white T-shirt, <laughs> which looked <laughs> <which> look lovely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, so that's that's com- Italian it's, oh, it's comfortable but, but yeah but that's what i'm saying but that's comfortable yeah. why, no, I'm, why joking, should, I'm not I'm, yeah. I'm not trying to justify it no, no, I, no, I love it How, we, we, we we i suppose that's the, the the beauty of it is that it's the it, it was all about be be an individual be who you are but yeah. you're accepted as that individual come and that's are. fine come as you are, come as you are. Oh, Bain, that's fine. but i will good, i will say <laughs> that is
2: good i will say one thing <laughs> the one thing that stays with me from Kirk cobain um being from from us being in the band together and me being a front man and being a singer i will always wear converse on stage and that's, that's beautiful
1: that is a yeah yeah yeah
2: I'm not, i've never worn anything ever since that i've been in the band i've never worn any other shoe on stage apart from converse hmm. and people might not like them i don't care I, I think like <laughs> also also wore high heels jamie well i'll do that next <laughs> <laughs> i'll oh, do whatever he does but yeah that's, He's that's, so, so iconic i mean you're talking about converse and stuff like that yeah and he he I mean, there's there's so there's numerous times throughout mm. his career and performing where he elicited an iconic statement. I mean, one of them was when he came out in a wheelchair. I was, I was about yeah, to yeah. say that. Yeah. When that he came was, out the, um, the white jacket. Yeah, uh, yeah, the white, where it was, doctor's coat. Or yeah, white, yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're just so, so many times and it's just like, but but that, cool.
0: that that going a bit deep into that was um he he was constantly in the press about his drug use and yes his, he was he was he's on the edge he's going to he's, he's 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 not going to make it blah, blah, blah. so they 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 played that every sh- they did that every show that was what part of their show yeah. it's it's famously done at reading but if you look back mm-hmm. on youtube for the whole of that tour they brought him out and said oh he's He's in a bad place. We don't know if he's going to make it. I think oh, yeah. he's going to make it. Isn't it Chris? And, yeah, yeah. And, and then he comes He, battle, he get, yeah, gets come up with the shaking, microphone yeah. shaky. Falls down on the floor. Or sings. I can't remember what he sings. Oh, the he song sings he sings. I a little. Yeah. A little. Di- and then falls on the floor and 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 then gets up and starts playing in this crazy wig and and you think actually it's oh. it's kind of his it, he, again expressing himself. Going well, fuck. If you're going to say this about me, fuck you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll play mean? up to it. As well.
2: Yeah, but he's yeah, the best, mate. I'm telling you now. When you talk about it and you talk about he's the best frontman. Yeah. He is the he is the best front man.
1: I know Kurt influenced you, not only personally but also as a musician and a singer. As a as a as a, a performer, performer, yeah, hundred percent. For you guys playing guitars and instruments, did Kurt or Chris or any of those? <laughs> well, I was, was, yeah. was, was going to Chris you influence you like, yeah. styles.
2: Chris Novoselic is my favorite bass guitarist. He
1: yes? is no,
2: no. I, I think it's great. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah, he's. I, I think I didn't learn your guitar playing. I, I feel sorry for Chris <laughs> in a sense because I think you know people are like Dave Grohl or mm. Kurt Cobain. Mm. Um, Chris Novoselic is like yeah, but when you talk about him, he is that huge figure of a man on stage, yeah, he's bass, he's just like moves, yeah. swaying his bass around and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, I love no, it. No, absolutely, down absolutely and... no. And I, I just, I'm sorry, no, Chris. No, no disrespect we love to, to Chris Novoselic because I mean the guy's obviously a badass. But yeah, I mean
0: I don't know. Do you want to go first about your? What I was going to say um. Well, no, you, you, you chip in because that's fine. How how what, what are we on time wise? Are we okay to go? Uh, keep we going? are well, just over an hour, an hour okay. and one minute. So we could do Jono's influence, then we'll do a little stop, maybe, and we'll yeah, go to need, part two yeah. to do in yeah, Neutro okay. and unplug. Is that right? Go go go. That for sounds it. good. So I mean, I,
2: I think Fender guitars, for example. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the first guitar I wanted was a a Fender guitar. I mean, that changed. The, then I wanted an uh, Ibanez RG. I, <laughs> Can I interrupt you for it. a second? Yes. So you're talking about Fender guitars, and I really wish I brought it with me because you would have loved it. In his journal, he he sketches his dream guitar, and it's, it's the a Fender Jaguar. Mm. Yeah, he's got like a is it Jaguar? The off, yeah, the off the yeah, offset yeah. body. He's got a sketch of that in there and stuff, and it's like he's got like little pictures and stuff on how he wants it to look yeah. and things like, Anyway, mm. so there you go. Well, no, I think he, I mean, probably Kurt Cobain's probably more linked iconically to the Jag mm. or the Mustang, but I think um, seeing the simplicity of a, a Fender Stratocaster. Mm. Which even today, I mean, the prices are ridiculous for what they are. But they are a rock machine, and he used to break his guitars every Mm, gig, and they mm. just used to put new necks on. I mean, that's how. I mean, you can't imagine doing that with a Les Paul. You break a Les Paul neck, and it's fucked. But he used to go through, and they just used to replace them with necks. And I think, yeah, even now, I think I've got a massive stops soft spot, and all my guitars are strap based guitars, and Mm -hmm. my new one is so. But I think as a musician. And I loosely call myself a musician. You are a musician. You are. Yeah, but, you know, I think uh, we've touched upon this many times. Him as a guitar player wasn't a guy that could do sweep arpeggios or finger tap. Well, maybe he could. We don't know. But that wasn't what he was about. He was about using his instrument as, I don't know, a uh, a conduit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, it it didn't have to be. I mean, something, something in the way is what? two chords yeah 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 and it is a dark foreboding piece of music which is beautiful but also completely destructive mm. and it's the it's so simple mm. and that's that's what his magic oh, was yeah cool words you know yeah I I really well that's
0: great and then for, uh, yeah and go <laughs> coming i kind of take on the take take the baton off john over and go from there but i think for me it was just um the the overriding feeling feeling I ever I always got from listening to it was do it if fucking passion or don't do it at all mm, yeah. yeah and that's go exactly home. that's exactly what yeah. you hear on every album every track is not amazingly performed it's not amazingly, it's not amazingly um, played but it's amazingly performed and and to me I think that that has always stuck with me I've never thought uh, there's no point trying to be perfect so to for me uh, and and I've always enjoyed just playing just fucking just going for it and going, okay, that was alright. I think that comes
2: across <laughs> but when we play when we when we play live as a band, um, and even in the new setup it'll be the same. It's we always play a show of a hundred percent. I hate saying hundred and because there's the no such thing. <laughs> <laughs> we always play hundred we always play over oh, hundred play hundred yeah, and fifty percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like usually it gets to the point where you go to a gig and everyone's been here who's a musician and there's like two or three people and you fucking dread it up until the point you're on stage. And then you just have to go for it mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you just go for it. And I think Born in my, in, moment, in my head, um, rightly or wrongly, I go for it just to make those two or three people feel really awkward. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, or I, agree. I think what Kurt Cobain did very well. And even in the early shows is he made people remember him from things he was doing on stage. Mm. So those two or three people will always remember the fact that he was absolutely crazy, but they were a great fucking live band mm-hmm. as well. It's theatre, isn't it? It's it's, it is. it's 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 yeah, it's it's, it's, it's um uncontrolled theatre. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's unscripted. It's um fully improv.
0: Yeah, I, 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 that's true. It, it, that is a key thing because you could rehearse to shit and, and practice your moves, but that doesn't it doesn't. It's, I've, I've I've never thankfully never ever been in a we've never been in a situation where we've done that <laughs> thank fuck like oh ever okay on this course we're all gonna jump together fuck Ooh, that shit I'm yeah, sorry yeah. It, it just looks too contrived it doesn't look real and it just looks like you're doing it to to you're not doing it well you're doing for it I right think, reasons I think
2: some bands get caught up in in um movement for the sake of movement rather than getting yeah into the music and just going for mm-hmm. yeah. it yeah and because yeah. what people have got to realize is that and I know a lot of bands can relate to this is that when you're in a band and you you go crazy on stage. You you know, you know have fun. Whatever happens, happens. You try things. And sometimes you, you, you try things because you think, fuck it. I want to go for it and try this out. Like climbing shit. I'm mm-hmm. doing that kind of thing. It might not work. I might fall. I might break my ankle. I might look like a dick. I might be in front of two people, but I still do it. The point is, is that you're just doing it for the sake of doing it and not actually being kind of Uh, what's the word contained yeah um and sometimes you pull it off and sometimes you don't
1: (laughs) i think the thing about
0: also quickly before we before we end part one the thing about kurt cobain as well he he did he did go kind of did go crazy but then he was also there there was there's also elements of when you watch him live where he's he's in the moment and in the moment he's not throwing himself around he's in that moment just playing lost singing screaming just playing whatever stood still but that was encapsulating itself. Yeah. And that's one thing, I mean, I did get into races, but that's one thing that always used to piss me off. I'm like, there didn't seem to be any passion behind what they were doing. They were, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk about races later, probably, you know, in a few episodes time, I don't know. But to me, the songs were good, but they just did, I don't know, there was something missing for me personally that didn't, really, yeah. didn't like relate to, I'm like, I just want to see you, I don't know, I want to see it's really something happen point. here. <laughs> it's a,
2: that's an interesting point you make because I always think about this time when I was in a band with Justin, this is when we were younger. And, um, well, you yeah, know, we're young still. Um, <laughs> because when I was first in bands and I, I was like, I got to this like really nonchalant, I was playing bass, got to this really nonchalant stage, where I didn't give a shit. I just like, I went playing on stage and just like not not interested. Do you know, kind of trying trying to fill your way into being a, yeah. a performer. Mm. And I remember our manager at the time, Boris, all right? I was 15, 16. Boris the uh, boy. Yeah, legend, love you, Boris. Um, and he took me to one side, and he said, um, "My mate came down to see your band tonight, and he wants his money back." And I was like, "Fucking kidding me!" It's like he's like, "No, he wants his money back." He's like, "I told him how good you guys are, and like how you get into it, and how you're real, <laughs> you're real entertainers and performers." He said, "You were shit. Like you were, you were really arrogant tonight. You were shit on stage. Like this is, you know, people come to pay to see you." He wants his money. That's Bull and Gate, Kentish town, mm. he wants his money back. And I was like, "Oh man," that really hit home for me. It's fucking dark. Yeah. That's but no, dark, but man. he was doing it to show because yeah, yeah. I was a fifteen-year-old arrogant little like prick back then, um, and he was he was there to, to show me that you know you've got to appreciate so that anyone who comes to see you is there and they're most likely paying. Mm. Yes, that's very. That's yeah. a very 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 so good point. So they they want to see something. And
0: also, I think at the time when you're you <laughs> not, not having to go, at you but when you when you're <laughs> when you're younger, you don't you don't get the work that goes into getting to, to that point mm-hmm. on stage. Don't you know I mean no, not and, at all. And some bands kind of just expect, I'll, I expect a crowd. I expect people to turn up. Yeah. I expect you yeah. to love me. Well, actually, no, you've got to put the work in. And that's a big, uh, there's that, a big thing about again, going back to Nirvana is that they fucking played what well, you can look at the documentaries. They played to no one and, and they built that following because they, they were so sincere. I think that's a key word behind mm-hmm. it I suppose mm-hmm. their sincerity in, on, on stage they were like okay we're just going to play and, and this we believe yeah. in what we're doing come along with the ride with us or, or don't fuck off and I think we've, we've all got collectively to that point I think through going through bands and actually the important thing is being honest to yourself being true with yeah. what you're doing and if people like it, great. If they don't, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Just, what's what, what, what? are you chasing here? You, ch- exactly, are you, are yeah. you chasing the right and... ones
1: will stay. The wrong ones will uh, go. Yeah. but yeah. that's
2: that's an important lesson for life there as well. It is. Yeah, there it is really, really is. We, I, I think, is we are always so hung up on potentially thinking what
1: the Other judgments think, of, yeah. of others, and yeah, it's
2: yeah. something that has really has uh, been a curse for me personally. Mm. Always having that kind of fear of. Oh, I wonder what someone's thinking. I wonder if they're thinking I'm I'm good yeah. or if I'm worthy. Because
1: you almost immediately become their prisoner once you. Yes, that you yeah, you're, you're pr- their prisoner. Yeah. yeah. So there's an important, listen, there, kids. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Be more like kirk Cobain.
0: it is just mm. don't kill
2: yourself. And I think live as well oh, yes. before
0: yeah before we before or we brought up Portny Love. I think live yeah. as well. Yeah. You're, you're The people that pe- people get and perform, um, and and we have, you know, uh, uh, is inherently part of human nature to go. Look at something. If something is becoming more successful than what you're doing, you, you think, "Oh, why? Right, what's what's going on there?" Sometimes to, to question that, I think is wrong. You just focus on what you're doing. But I think also when you're playing live, getting back to my point, I think it's it's a state where you're at, you're most vulnerable, but yeah. then you are also at your most powerful because you you have you are you've got whether it be two people or 20 people or 150 people, you've 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 got people there watching you your every move, watching what you're doing and you have a chance to express who you are from how you perform and what you want to say from what the songs you say. So I think that's really important. Yeah. I think that's important for life as well. I yeah, mean, I, I certainly agree.
2: What a nice conclusion. <laughs> so deep. What a nice conclusion to <laughs> yeah. part one of the Nirvana on repeat episode. Thank you, Kurt.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Kurt. Um, We're all going to go now and scratch K C into our arm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Let's not talk
2: about that Casey scratching, all right? That's a... Uh... That was a bad moment in my life so um yeah we'll see you uh in part two for the nirvana um kind of epic story i suppose or our interpretation and influence from nirvana uh, and we're going to be focusing on um in utero and unplugged. mtv unplugged all right
1: see you soon Bye bye